We don't want to wait. <clears throat> Exile, Phoenix, Extinction. And I'm season three. Whoop. I'm Robin. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. <laughs> Just in case you forgot who we were. Uh, so uh, let's get into some of the stuff I have in the mid season here. Uh, or mid, not mid season, but between seasons um, to pump up uh, the audience for the season three premiere. The WB and Verizon Wireless started presenting a series of short scenes between Maggie Sawyer. You remember who Maggie Sawyer is, right? No. The the cop there, uh, uh, who we see again in Exile. Uh, you saw her in Insurgents, and I was like, "Oh, it's Maggie Sawyer." And you're like, "Who?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it's two shorts. Oh, the, she's the cop in Metropolis. Metropolis, yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so some scenes uh, starring her and uh, Daily Planet editor Max Taylor. And so – who we haven't seen before. Um, and the two are tracking down Clark, um, but not Clark. They, they just Whoever is being dubbed as the urban legend – uh, this urban legend has been terrorizing the city throughout uh, the summer, so they're, they're trying to track him down, and it kind of leads to uh, what happens at the bank. Um, well, that's kind of neat because you are wondering, like, is anybody investigating this? <laughs> How is he getting away with this? Yep. Like, you would think that that yeah. So that yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, also, uh, we had a mid-season. Uh, I keep saying mid-season. Uh, that that puts up, it's between seasons. Uh, uh, a story in the comics, uh, Smallville issue five. The story is called Sojourn, and uh, I I totally forgot to read it. But uh, I have a description. It says uh, Clark goes to a bar in Metropolis, fights with patrons, meets a girl named Chastity, rejects her, uh, tries to join Intergang, who is uh, which is the gang that uh, Rucker Hauer runs, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he gets turned down, and uh, and then we find out at the farm, Jonathan and Martha are just like coping. It's kind of like a lead up to Exile, but what was going on during the summer? So, hmm. yeah, um, gotta love this online content. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I wish it. I wish I could find those video. I went looking for those videos between Maggie and the the Daily Planet editor Max Taylor, and I could not find them. So. Uh, they're out there on somebody's VHS, I'm sure. Um, also, uh, it, during this time, um, they started airing Smallville repeats on the weekends, uh, and they dubbed it Smallville Beginnings. <laughs> and it was just like them repeating seasons one and two. And they would do that like throughout the season. Like you could check out some classic Smallville, like <laughs> just like the first two seasons, you know. But uh, you know, as the seasons went on, it was it was you know it was always nice to go back to see the repeats on the weekends. At least that's what I've been told. Again, I didn't get into Smallville till it was like season five or six. So, um, and that's all that really happened between seasons. I said it right that time. Um, so why don't we talk about Exile? Written by Alan Miles and directed by Greg Beeman. It's the one where we catch up with Cal. Cal in, in Metropolis having some wild times. I have a whole or commentary the, to report to you about too, so go for it. Or this is the one where Clark avoids the barbershop for the entire summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? It's it's strange to see him with that hair, but I like it. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. You know, he's. I don't know. You know when they—he's gorgeous, no matter what. When they show that uh, the the help us find this boy poster, and him uh-huh. just looking like you know straight lace Clark Kent on this poster, I'm like, like oh, that's such a geeky poster to be hanging up <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> he looks like a spelling bee champion in there or whatever. <laughs> I love these, uh, you know, first episodes back from the summer. Everybody's so tanned. Yes. They've been on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the uh, – I'll mention something from the commentary. Um, uh, so Michael Rosenbaum was was one of the people in the commentary. It was Michael Rosenbaum, Algo, Miles Millar, uh, Greg Beeman, and Ken Horton. And uh, so, you know, Michael Rosenbaum was his usual self. But this is one you can't listen to. He's class clam. Yeah. This is one you can't listen to because they do talk about stuff that happens at the end of the season. Um, so uh, Michael was warned that he was going to be on this island. Uh, oh, and he worked out. Yeah. So he he worked out hard. The, the, he said that he went to the gym for a month and a half, and it paid off. He said he said it paid off because I heard on Howard Stern uh, Howard go that Lex dude got buff. Like <laughs> didn't even call him by his name. <laughs> And uh, during the commentary, you know, the other producers tried to get Michael to take his shirt off in the booth, but he completely refused to do that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so he got buffed up and and went to the gym. Um, and uh, yeah, they said that Tom Welling, I think he had a vacation in Jamaica or something like that, and so he's looking very tanned. Um, yeah. There's a whole Chloe haircut issue. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I read in trivia that it's the shortest it's ever been, and people didn't like it or Who? something like that. She got extensions or or something. It was it's very different. It's a different color too. Who's feeding you trivia? I, I don't know. I just like glanced at. Come here for the trivia. This is this is what happens when it, uh, it takes too long for us to record again. You you get bored and uh-huh. start looking up stuff. That's true. I do. <laughs> Uh, it says Chloe sported a distinctive asymmetric hairstyle, a style Allison had adopted over the summer hiatus. However, it was felt that the look wasn't right for Chloe, so Allison wore extensions for the subsequent few episodes while her natural hair grew longer. Uh, she often joked that no one in Smallville appeared to notice Chloe's hair changing length over the course of one episode. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I think we talked about everybody's, you know, besides, I think Pete looked the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Lana's always tanned the first episode yeah. or two back. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm going back and forth between the commentary and let me just read you some of the stuff in the commentary. If, okay. Um, so the pre-credit scene, the part where Clark is, um, uh, destroying ATMs and buying a car and going in a yeah. club with the hottest girl and and totally dissing her. <laughs> and, yeah. And- yeah. See, I can t- I I totally understand that how the bartender says that Clark comes in there with a different girl. Yeah. And then he leaves empty-handed because he's such a jerk <laughs> that they don't stay. Yeah. All that. But then again, but also I want to think that, oh, well, they're not Lana, so he's not happy with them. Even on Red K, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, 
on Red K. He's just angrier about it. And then yeah. they then he goes to the phone booth and rips off his shirt, and that's like the the the, the uh, scar that people. The, in the commentary, they kept calling it a tattoo. It's not a tattoo. It's like it's his whole body is scarified by this uh, Kryptonian symbol. Okay, explain to me the connection between the red kryptonite and that scar that every once in a while, like, heats up and hurts him to where he has to take the ring off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand the connection. I don't understand what's going on. Well, Jarrell, um Jarrell put that scar on him. And yes. and it was almost like a I don't know like a punishment a, a reminder of of, uh, of facing his destiny and what's he doing now he is in Metropolis shirking all you know destiny all his all his work to uh, you know forget about everything and just be on Red K so pulling the ring off is kind of like you know it's getting him back to himself again so. Yeah, but why does he have to take the ring off? Why is he in pain? Well, it's be, it's so like you know, if he takes the ring off, he is back on task again. He's but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like like the, like Jarrell wants him to not have the red yeah yeah K ring on. He wants, he wants him him to be himself, but you know, mm-hmm. dominating the world. Okay. I guess is that that's what he said. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to talk around things, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but basically, yeah, it's like he's not he's not on on track for his what he's destined to do according to what you know what Jarrell has planned for him to do. Um, and you know Jarrell talks about it with uh, Jonathan later on. You know that uh, the first test is over and that he's supposed to come back home. And uh, well, well, we'll get into that. But <laughs> um, all right, so uh, that whole opening sequence. Uh, was not actually the opening sequence of Exile to begin with. That opening sequence mm-hmm. was added on um, like a couple weeks before um, I think they were done filming, basically. Or, or was it a couple weeks before they aired? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the whole thing was supposed to open with uh, the bank heist and all that. Oh. Uh, that was supposed okay. to be the opening teaser. But uh, the network... You know, got the episode and said, ah, "Let's can we have something more at the beginning?" And so they and they were like, "Yeah, sure. You want to pay for it?" And they were like, "Okay." And said, so, uh-huh. "Yeah." So, <laughs> um, so we have uh, the club that was like filled filled with uh, extras, three hundred extras, and they did had to do all the wide shots one day and do all the close ups the other day because only you know three hundred extras can only stay for like one day. <laughs> So on on the, all the close ups, it's it's a different day, and it's got there just like fifty extras there. Mm. Uh, the phone booth, there's no glass. The glass is added in digitally, so they can pull off the whole effect. Um, oh, uh, Rosenbaum isn't very happy with the opening credits. He says that he didn't, you know, they didn't change for season three, and he wants it changed for season four because he says he looks too sweaty. He's got this like really sweaty he look. Does. Yeah, he does look sweet. I always, I always notice that every time. <laughs> then the uh, producers reminded him that this is the shot that they use is after he has sex with Desiree in Heat. Uh, to which Rosenbaum responded, "Oh, good times, great kisser. Her lips were like briefcase handles, just unbelievable." <laughs> what does that mean? Briefcase handles. <laughs> 
what does that mean? Like, like she's really a terrible kid. No, or? no, like really full lips. Like they were good, uh, some good lips. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that's where they're talking about hair problems going into the next season, and Michael Rosenbaum saying, "Yeah, you never have that problem with me." Uh, <laughs> uh, Rucker Howard was a big get for the show. Apparently, he was a fan. Yeah, he's a fan of Smallville. <laughs> You know, he's such a cool guy. Do you remember that one day that he joined Twitter and then people were such assholes that he left? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, people were cruel and mean to him. What the heck? I know. The internet is the worst. The internet is both the best and the worst at the same time. Oh, man. I don't know what they would mean to him about. Just like, you're such a Blade Runner. That he, I mean, oh my god, he was amazing in Blade yeah. Runner. Th- that he had made some like crappy B movies or something. <laughs> uh, they convinced him to come on because they said they'd give him a great villain character from the DC universe. And yeah, Morgan Edge is like uh, in charge of Inner Gang. He's a big character in DC, like you know, more one of the human characters, not the huge superpower supervillains, but like a big Metropolis uh, villain. Um, they said he wasn't really used to the pace of TV production. <laughs> They had to tell him that they do they usually do about three scenes in one day rather than just the one. <laughs> so, uh, but he he had a great time. Um, Chloe, they they wanted to give Chloe, Allison Mack more to do. They said she was benched a lot in season two. You know, a lot of that you know triangle stuff. I think they probably didn't have much of an idea what to do with her. So now she's kind of dabbling in the dark side, and. Um, they said you kind of learn how associating with Lionel is almost like a deal with the devil and can really take a life apart. And you see that before with people like Sheriff Ethan, but now it's like Chloe, you know, this is a regular on the show and uh, we could see how associating with Lionel can really affect it. I mean, we always see it with Lex, but yeah, yeah. but like you have no choice. Mm-hmm. Like Lionel is so devious that he just he gets you in his web, mm-hmm. and you're just you have no, you know, like you have to do immoral things. There's no moral way of getting out. He of traps that. you, yeah, yeah. Um, they said they were going to kill Helen at the end of season two, but then decided to do this kind of plot twist with her character, which, uh, spoiler alert, I didn't really entirely buy. But yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't you. either. Yeah. I, because like. Okay, at the end of season one, like, there was no indication that she... Season two? Because they spent... No, at the end of... Yeah, yeah. At the end of se- se- season two, they established that she was a a, a moral, upstanding character. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason that she's crazy. Like, there's, there was no hint yeah. that she... Or whatever. But, I mean, I kind of did like that Lex figured out, you know, that... Like he just, the, he's like put. He did something so terrible that she should not have forgiven him so easily. I know that's uh, it. It sort of works, but it's like I don't know. It's yeah, kind of like but, but okay, but, sure. I mean, on the Lex side, I like it, but the her side, her character, it was a stretch because they didn't give you any hint that she, that that she would do something so terrible. And how about this? You know. She's doing all this stuff, uh, especially with the blood, you know, making deals with the blood, yet she never gives away the secret that it's Clark's blood. Like, why, if she's so evil, that she would murder somebody uh, that she pretended to be in love with for, like, months and months and months? 
why wouldn't she just be like, yeah, this farm boy, his name is Clark Kent. Like, I have no real <laughs> friendship with yeah. him or allegiance to his family. Uh, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, uh, there's only a couple more comments here in the commentary stuff. Uh, they they loved how Chloe stood up to Red K. Clark. That Chloe as a character is not going to be pushed around by him, even though he's like so like aggressive. And they said that they got so physical, they ended up like Tom ended up like tripping and falling onto the floor on top of her <laughs> during that scene. <laughs> Uh, Rosenbaum mentions the story about how he got pranked by the assistant director who, uh, they had a new trailer for him, but the assistant director took like a bunch of leftover chili and dumped it into his toilet. So he went into the bathroom and thought that somebody left like a, like an actual, like a nasty mess in there, but it was really chilly. (laughs) Anyway. Boys. He says it was another gross story he told. uh, That scene on the island where he's like, he leans over and he's like scooping water into his mouth. Uh, Yeah. And you kind of see from the water, it's like this kind of gross algae-filled water. Um, But Michael off screen has like a bowl of clean water to drink from. Well, he he got so into it that he actually drank the gross water and he just kind (laughs) of – <laughs> and he, he, he also like I wasn't sure if he was joking or not, but he 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 said that the the worms that he ate were actual there were like actually real worms of that, but I'm not sure if he was joking or not. So that's the thing with getting factoids from a Michael Rosenbaum commentary. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> they said they watched this episode on the big screen at the Paley Festival, and it really works. And I was like, oh man, Smallville on the big screen, oh that'd be amazing. <laughs> Uh, it does look – it looks so good. Yeah. It's so crisp and oh. just gorgeous. Those so bright. Those metropolis scenes. Bright. The blue. Oh, so much blue. Mm. I love it. Uh, like electric blue. Um, Michael Rosenbaum also says three years into the show, he is still very much attracted to Kristen Crook. He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> he just cannot – he does not look at her like a – like a – I don't know. He's just he – can't get over his crush on her. She's just so beautiful. Um, and Greg Beeman shared that uh, Kristen is such a fan of the show itself that she watches it every week with her family. <laughs> and Michael also took another crack at Tom getting married. And he said, he goes, I'm on the number one show in the history of this network. What do you think? I'm going to get married. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. So, um, that's all the facts I have from the commentary. So you want to just discuss the, sh- the episodes? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just love this opening sequence is so packed with energy and so just, I don't know, exciting. The music is great. And it's, and it's so um, fantasy fulfillment mm-hmm. because wouldn't you want to be a 16-year-old boy moving from the little – from small town uh-huh. to the big city, have all the money at your disposal. What would you do? You'd have an awesome apartment. You'd have an awesome car. You'd go to the clubs every night. You know, that's what you would do if you were, you know, if you could have anything you wanted. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know me. I like pay attention to the music a lot, and they're playing that um, girl, Good Charlotte song. Yeah. And as he's like ripping over the open the ATM and then going into the um, the dealership to buy the sports car, like the lyrics are saying, like girls don't like boys, they like cars and money. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just uh, uh, going into the club and they're playing Black Eyed Peas, Hey Mama. 
know, it's like the whole thing's pumping. And uh, people are like, Cal! Hey, Cal! <laughs> uh, so he's, uh, he's a, you know, a famous person-ish. He's also an urban legend. So there's actually a, a deleted scene. Um, there's a couple of deleted scenes for this episode. But one of them is like one of the um, – one of Rutger Hauer's uh, flunkies uh, or henchmen uh, is telling um, him all about like this legend. Like he's – I don't know. He's like this really dangerous guy. You don't want to cross him or whatever. And, it, and they're talking all about Clark. <laughs> uh, uh, I was wondering what they would have to get rid of to make room for that colloquy. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, searing pain in the phone booth. And did you notice that there's just you see this faint glimmer of an S on his chest? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like you see it towards the end of when it lights up. It's yeah, like, as it's fading, you see the S. Mm-hmm. And uh, that he, I, I like that he has control over himself enough to know that he can pull the ring off. And he like he calls his mom. Like as soon as he gets the ring off, he's his first instinct is to call home. And but he feels so guilt ridden by what happened. Like his mother lost the baby. Like it's like a giant crater where he drove away from. Like the yeah. Um, and that's oh gosh, that's so oh golly. Could you imagine <sighs> just the disappointment in yourself? Mm-hmm. Guilt. I have some uh, Tom Welling here in my little book. Um, Coming back and starting off in Metropolis was a lot of fun. Production-wise, we were out of the studio downtown on location in Vancouver, doing different things from what we normally do. Add to that the effect of the Red K, and I had the chance to do something that I'd never done in Smallville before. There's the whole scene where Cal goes to buy the car, and I could play that confidence, being relaxed and in control. That set the tone for at least the first couple of episodes where Clark was not just going to get to do different things, but in the long run, do things that he wasn't necessarily going to forget. He still learns from those experiences once he gets off the red kryptonite. It was an exciting thing to come back and do, and as an actor, it was an exciting thing to come back in the season for the audience. I always like to play that other side of Clark from time to time. He does everything he wishes he could do, but knows better than to do. Red K is always fun! <laughs> red K is hard! Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the red K stays with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his actions stay with him and affect him. Mm-hmm. He, he, it's not that he just takes it off. It is still it's a it is a part of him. Mm-hmm. And and I, I like that he's not playing the old golly G Jillikers, <laughs> you know, uh, Clark. It's the oh god, uh, whoo, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, 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 you know, we have this really exciting opening sequence, and then we get save me, and then we get back, and it's just yet another exciting sequence because that was going to yeah. be the actual teaser. This whole like Metallica scored uh, bank holdup, and then with those freaky clown masks. I know, I'm like it's the Dark Knight, you know, before the Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Dark Knight ripped off Smallville. Just saying, um, and then. You know, we have Cal busting on his motorcycle with a ski mask, and he's not here to save everybody. He's here to rob the place himself. He robs the robbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the lyrics of, uh, you know, I don't really listen to Metallica, you know, probably since the Black Album, everything after I've been like, whatever. I think it has something to do with the, the Napster thing. And 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but this song, I just really, I just love it. Um, probably just because it has to do with uh, this episode and the lyrics as Clark is just getting, you know, assaulted with bullets when he steps outside. And it, it's just like he, he reaches in his jacket knowing that they're going to think that it's a weapon. And yeah. just, just for the thrill of getting like covered in bullets. And uh, it's saying, like, my lifestyle determines my death style in the lyrics. And then there's this whole, like, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> and he explodes, a, he explodes a patrol car. I'm, I'm assuming nobody got hurt. Uh, and then we just see him, like, grinning around a corner, you know. he's he's He loves the thrill. So... Um, so yeah, Pete shows up showing showing Jonathan and Martha the headlines, and Jonathan's first reaction is like, "I'm getting my coat," <laughs> but but Martha talks him out of it. Yeah, not just yet, Jonathan. Maybe later. <laughs> um, so Lana is overworked. Chloe's. It's interesting they had Chloe keep a secret. Chloe Chloe knows where Clark is all this time, but you know we're going to drive that rift a little bit harder between Chloe and Lana by having Chloe like not tell Lana the secret. What did you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, Chloe's like, "Y'all had your secret last season. <laughs> yeah. I got my secret this season." <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh Rucker, how are we kind of talking well, about? Well, I mean, I like that um of course Chloe found him because that's what she does. Yeah. She's nosy. But it's not her place to tell where he is. Yeah, well, he he needs to um, go home. Uh-huh. It's how she thinks. Yeah, that's what she's thinking. Yeah, yeah. I have to constantly remind myself that Chloe doesn't know that Clark is like in. You know, like he's in danger. He's he's uh you know he's not himself for real. Like he's under the influence for real. He's not just ignoring things and trying to get away. And he threatens her that he's going to just run farther away if she tells. So she mm-hmm. wants to. Um, I really love the, um, well, we have Chloe meaning, uh, I almost said Clinal. Is that like a shipper name? Uh, (laughs) Chloe and Lionel meeting in the cave and, uh, Lionel asking where his Clark report is, but they go, they go over to the cave painting of Naman and Sagith, you know, the, the two warring heads there. And, uh. You know, Naman, of course, is supposed to represent Clark, and Sagith is supposed to represent Lex. And we zoom in on the cave painting of Sagith, and it suddenly turns into clouds. And the eye of Sagith is that island. I love yeah, that, that transition. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, freaking cool. Great. And they zoom right into the island to Lex on the beach. <laughs> it's just, wow. So what did you think about um, Lex's adventures? Lex on the island. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Number uh, number one, this is a lot like Arrow. Yeah, it's Arrow before Arrow. <laughs> yes, Smallville did it first. Smallville uh, did it first. Was like, was it a story? Was it from a comic? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I mean, I mean, Arrow definitely has that origin already. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Lex part was taken from a comic, but um, if if anything. They must have been. They might have been inspired by you know. Uh huh. I, I but I have no text on that. <laughs> I mean, I think Michael Rosenbaum did an excellent job acting in uh-huh. this episode. Like I totally bought every single word 
And I was like, who is this guy with the dreads? What is going on? Was he here before the plane crashed? And, and then uh, there was the, I, like, I know exactly the point when I realized, oh, he's a figment of his imagination. What was that point? I don't, I don't know. It was uh, several scenes in when he started talking about his father mm-hmm. or something. It sounded very like, familiar. Yes. I was like, oh, it's in his head. Yes. It's funny uh, that uh, his name is Lewis, and I looked at the cast credits, and he's billed as Lewis Leary Jr. <laughs> so he's a Leary. He's like Dawson's cousin. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's cool. You go back and watch it again. It's really Lex working things out. Like, who set me up? It's It's got to be, it, it, you know, it can't be Helen or my dad. It can't possibly be the, but it's got to be. It's got to be one of the two or both of them together. Like, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. And we get the funeral of Lex and Lionel eulogizing, and just completely like storms off when Helen shows up. So did you see? Like even rewatching this, I I was like, well, it can't be Helen. I don't buy that. You know. And Lionel always lies. So <laughs> Lionel's got to yeah. be acting here, but it looks like he. Oh yeah, he I figured it was Lionel. Yeah. It's like is he that much of a monster that he would just like that he would try kill to... his own child? Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, because you did the whole the whole series. You don't know does Lionel actually love his son, mm-hmm. or is his son just a a pawn, just a you know? Yeah, just like something he's min- supposed to manipulate. He's just so used to manipulating everything around him. He does the, does it with his family as well. Yeah. Um. Is that the same place where the mother's buried? Oh. Um, I think gosh, it is. you know, I, I wasn't even sure if that was in Metropolis or if that was in Smallville. I'm assuming it must be in Metropolis because that's what I figured. It looks too yeah. uh, made it easier ur- for uh, urban uh, for uh, Cal to show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I like that when Chloe does Chloe screams at Clark, it makes his chest like start aching, and <laughs> when he screams at her to get out, he just collapses and pulls the ring off again. Like, uh, Chloe, you're hurting my heart. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So um, they deleted the the whole line from the finale where they said they were going to go get eloped because it turns out that Helen is Lex's wife. I guess I, I just was writing notes to myself here. Oh, yeah. I was wondering that, too. I was wondering, did they go, th- go through with yeah. it? Yeah. Are they married? Mm-hmm. Because that would have made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had our Christmas Carol scene uh, next. Uh, well, this is after after the warm scene, but back in the loft, and Martha and Ken, uh, Martha and uh, Jonathan are like packing up, and Clark is like standing, you know, up on the loft without them noticing, and they're just like, "Our son will come home soon. We know him. <laughs> it will be Christmas again." <laughs> Mr. Scrooge take took away everything, but we know our son should be happy. <laughs> it just reminded me of like, spirit, take me away from this place. <laughs> and they're losing the farm, yeah. and they're going to live in an apartment over the talent. Yeah, imagine. How terrible. <laughs> like, Jonathan, that would be like a fate worse than death. Yeah. So Lana tracks down to the to the. To the tune of Train, by the way uh, Another needle drop um, Tracks down Clark Outside his place in motorcycle, uh, On his motorcycle And Lana 
uh, won't let him drive off. So he just tells her to get on. And this this whole thing where like she regrets not jumping on the mo- motorcycle at the end of season two. So she's jumping on yeah. the motorcycle now. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I had the strains of Cool Rider going through my head from Grease too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, well, I always have that going. <laughs> but yeah, uh, train. I don't care what people say. I like train. Yeah, uh, I at least like some of the songs that they do. Uh, uh, what, what other stuff? They've done "Drops of Jupiter." They did this song, mm-hmm. "Calling All Angels," which I love because it's a Smallville song. They did the Virginia. Hey- oh, me Virginia is good. They did "Hey Soul Sister," didn't they? Yeah, that's what everybody hates. Nope. But I love that song. Nope. Although nope, my, you hate it? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, it's just probably because I've heard it so many freaking times. Yeah. Um Yeah, I've got a friend that uh she was working at the amphitheater mm-hmm. here and she was selling t shirts and this guy was like, Hey, do you like train? She was like, Yeah, they're all right. I don't I don't know. I don't care, you know, whatever. And it turned out it was a member of train. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hilarious Yeah Although it's funny uh, My wife is taking ukulele lessons So I'm assuming she's oh, eventually going to get to Hey Soul Sister <laughs> And in her lessons um, So let's see More Lex on the Island da, 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 da. Uh, The club is pumping Cal is pulling Lana through a whole Another group of partiers Everybody's like hey Cal And uh, <laughs> They kiss, and then Lana narks on him. And Clark just is, like, screaming over the phone, like, You're never going to be my parents! You're happy I'm gone! But So that sets Jonathan in motion mm-hmm. to go get the key and go to the caves. Okay, so yes. Jarrell tells Jonathan, he asks him, Are you ready to sacrifice anything, some, anything. to get him So back. what is he sacrificing? Um, I mean, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't really reveal anything in this episode, does it? So, <laughs> although he's looking pretty rough when he gets back, does, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, is that it? So it's <laughs> uh, so it's to be continued. For my son, I'll do anything, says Jonathan, and then he gets the zap, gets a power up. So I, I you know, I can't. I'll just say. I'll just say. To be continued. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I had some more stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, the scenes with Lex Luthor and his imaginary companion, Lewis, on the island were, as Algo admits, the biggest buy of the episode. What we wanted to set up was mental illness. The schism that he had, which... Um, so, even in the realm of uh, Smallville, Michael is playing the, spoilers, fight club gag. <laughs> On the island talking to himself, which is one of the most out there ideas that we've done. In hindsight, if we had to do it again, I don't know if we'd do the same thing. But Michael pulled it off. It's a testament to yeah, his Yeah, he did. I don't – I have no problem with – I mean, look, this is what I've – I mean, I, when the human brain cannot deal with solitude. Right. You, it, you will go insane. You will – if you're like – Tom Hanks' character in uh, Castaway. Castaway, you will talk to a volleyball because this, your brain is very fragile. Your, psycho- your psyche is very fragile and you can't deal with being alone. You cannot. And I don't know. I totally I'd like buy to, this. I love this. I'd like to try. Like, you know, 
Yeah. What if I had Hulu? Would... It would, could that be <laughs> without the commercials, of course? Oh my gosh! <laughs> totally worth it. I, 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 totally worth it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Clark is assigned by Rucker Howard to go break into the old safe that we know of. And uh, yeah, it's like, hey, this is this looks so familiar. Of course, in that safe is not all those refined meteor rock kryptonite because because those are, that that happened uh, with the uh, tool time key. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but there's another box. There's another box in there. So uh, he grabs that and then he turns around and we see freaking like it's like. The only way I can compare this is to freaking uh, Buffy season six, the end of season six. Willow is very much on a warpath and under the influence. And who walks in but Giles? And it's like daddy son. Uh, yeah. And just Jonathan's line of just, son, you're coming home with me. <laughs> and they just, you know, and that's after like Clark knocks him into a wall. And he just kind of gets right back up. So were you, I mean, what was going through your mind during this? Uh, Robin said that uh, somebody would get Clark's powers. <laughs> this is it. Did I, do you think, do you think uh, uh, that would have been better if you didn't know anything about you weren't teased in that uh, way? No, no, no. I think it was great. Yeah, it was great anyway. It's such like a holy shit scene. Like, oh yeah, my God. Like, well, they're on the equal footing now. Yeah. This is not going to happen. You're not going to throw Jonathan into the truck again, Clark. You know, yeah. And um, there is like, uh, you know, I look at like goofs and stuff like that when I'm doing my research. And one of the goofs is like, why doesn't Jonathan Kent just weaken him with green kryptonite and smash the ring with a sledgehammer like he did before? And I and I and I just say to that because this is super cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This because is better. It's been done already. Yeah. We got to do something different. <sighs> Anyway, that's it for Exile for me. I don't know if you have anything more to say about it. Uh, I don't think so. I mentioned three needle drops uh, during the episode, and I'll add on to that the uh, the song "Good Talk" by Showcore, and it's the song that's playing as Clark's bringing Lana through the club. It's got a good beat to it, and I like it. Phoenix aired October eighth, two thousand three. Written by the writing team of Kelly Souders and Brian Peterson, and directed by James Marshall. The one where Clark and Lex return to Smallville with unfinished business. And so we have that whole fight at the beginning. What did you think about the the fight between father and son? That was hot. I don't know. It was great. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, can they both get their shirts ripped off? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, I like how... Clark rips his shirt off and Jonathan's like, whoa, you know, and he, and Clark just throws back at him. Um, this is so I'll never forget who my real father is. And Jonathan just like goads him. He's like, if I rose, if I raised my son, if I raised a son that could kill, then go ahead and kill, you know? And it, it makes uh, Clark take a swing at him and smash the stupid ring against the wall. So stupid ring. It's not a stupid ring. I love that ring. <laughs> So is that so? Is Red Kryptonite gone now? Let me tell you, Red Kryptonite is such a popular thing that you can't. <laughs> it never goes. Can away. you imagine it ever going away? Truly, like forever. I mean, I hope it never, ever, ever goes away. The one thing I have a problem with, I love 
I love seeing Red K Clark. You know, it's so crazy. You know, it's just uh-huh. just like this, like Clark with this huge freaking attitude problem, and just lethal and scary. You know. Yeah, scary. But the only only problem with it is is that we still have characters on this show that don't know that he's an alien <laughs> under the influence of So he's like uh-huh. again at the end of this episode he has ripped him and Lana apart again with this stupid stuff. And it's like uh, could you just just tell her, you know? Yeah, but, oh yeah, the whole the whole time I was going during that scene, I was like, tell her Clark, tell her, tell her, tell her, yeah. tell her, tell her. You got to tell her. You got to tell her. You got to tell her. Tell her now. And it's like, and and he's doing all this super, you know, like really uh, crazy. And honestly, there's not much of a consequence for Clark for what he did in Metropolis. Like he said, he returned uh-huh. some money, but is that all the money that he stole? I mean, he was living pretty comfortably there for a while. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I think the show is like, ah, no, 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 just look away. <laughs> next, uh-huh. let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> But, um, yeah. And, you know, just like people like Chloe and Lana and Lex, like, how do they see him like that and then see him as like, oh, gosh, Clark the next day and not be like, this guy has got some mental problems. Like, he needs Uh to see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, I had something about the fight. Um, The fight between the two superpowered Kents was fun to shoot. Um, the stunt guy for Clark said on a normal feature that would take a month easily. We pulled the whole thing together in two days. It was a stunt marathon. Tom and Schneider did a ton of the stunts themselves. Tom Welling laughs. We did more than we probably should have. Obviously we didn't do the stunts with the big impact, but we came up with a lot of ideas while we were doing it. They wanted to show our faces doing it. So whenever you can see it's us, it's really us. I think it adds to the intensity of the scenes and gives more to the viewing audience. I do as much as I can, but of course, if anything were to happen to me, there's a lot more at stake than just my health. (laughs) It's like, yes, and Superman is going to be in on crutches for the next few episodes. (laughs) You know? Uh, Tearful reunion with Martha. Jonathan is a bit messed up here. Um, and then we see the quite the opposite reunion with the Luthors, where Lex just comes into the office with a gun. <laughs> um, and we see lots of flashbacks of like what was Lex's version of events, what was Helen's version of the events, and then later, like we see what really happened. Yeah. So and again, we kind of talked about this. Uh, yeah, and because Lex was like, my father wouldn't have failed. Mm. That's it. Imagine thinking of your dad that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my dad didn't try to have me killed because if my dad had had me killed, I'd be dead. I'd be now. dead. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> uh, so we find out that Morgan and Lionel are buddies, <laughs> uh-huh. or at least uh, you know partners in a way. Um, um, Lionel, but Lionel is uh, uh, actually more powerful than. Uh, uh, Morgan, and it's kind of weird to see like Lionel Luther, the TV character, like talk down to Rutger Hauer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, John Glover is pretty intimidating, but that's Rutger Hauer right there. That's the Hitcher. Like, you don't want to mess that's with a the movie Hitcher. star. Yeah, yeah. that's Hobo that's with a, a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, um, I-, I looked at it like well, Lionel is the more. Um, uh, Upstanding, uh, the the more 
uh, what, what am I trying to say? Rucker Howard, Morgan's character, his his business is more criminal. Mm, yeah, he's the boss uh, of Air Gang, which is yeah, not very he, legitimate. He's more of a criminal, but uh, Lionel is more yeah legitimate. Yeah, business. Um. So, let's see. Is this? Oh, there was a Rucker Howard. His uh, minions have the Kents tied up. And then Clark gets out the green kryptonite. Oh and yeah, cuts himself and gets some more blood. And is this where they take him to in to meet Lionel mm-hmm. at down by the docks? Even though Smallville is not on the river or on the water or anything, it's landlocked. <laughs> yes, Kansas. It's Kansas. Yes, there's no water around. Yeah, and it, it, but you got to have a crime boss. If you got a crime boss like Rutger Howard, you have to go to the docks. You got to go to the docks, and it seems that Lionel and Morgan have had, have some uh, history at the docks. They've probably got rid of a couple bodies there before. <laughs> um, but gotta mention before we go to that scene, the fact that uh, um, Morgan edges thugs load Clark into the moving van, which is full of. The Kent stuff. <laughs> so oh, when Clark destroys that moving van, it's like, well, there goes all our photos and <laughs> whatever they. I mean, obviously they probably had a lot of stuff in that house, so they wouldn't put everything in that one truck. But that was a, probably a good amount of their stuff. Um, but as they're loading Clark in the moving van, they close the thing, and who drives up in her maroon Jeep Liberty? <laughs> But Lana, Lana gets a car. Lana got a car, (laughs) and uh, she looks at these well-dressed guys, and she's like, "You guys are like she thinks they're movers, (laughs) you know, because they're closing up the truck." So immediately, she's brought into the barn by gunpoint. But man, this is a Lana that got one episode of training from Lex, and she knows what she knows what to do in (laughs) self-defense. So so it's like foot mashing, elbows to the face. There's there's. Shovel beatings. There's a you know struggling with the gun. There's a kidney kneeing, um, and then she straight up like her and Martha are now murder buddies because Lana like kicks this guy <laughs> into a pitchfork. Which Jonathan, what do you got a pitchfork sitting there like that for? <laughs> uh, yeah, they straight up kill a guy, and we don't hear anything more about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I just thought I was very excited about that scene. I was like, go Lana! <laughs> She's like yeah. spin kicking and all that. Yeah, because she can't be uh, uh, dependent on oh Clark. Gosh. Oh, what am I trying to say? She can't be uh, damsel in distress. That's what I'm trying to th- Yeah, She can't be damsel in distress anymore. Mm-hmm. She has to be able to take care of herself now. Yeah. So... We have uh, a flashback of Helen paying off the pilot to fly him out and uh, fly the mountain after they landed in St. Croix, um, uh, then parachute, and of, and then Lex just supposes that she set up the parachute to fail because, you know, Helen is just completely cold-blooded all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, suddenly she's a, just a murderer. So she killed the pilot. Yep. <laughs> And, uh, but she get, but she gave him money. Like, why would she kill him? I don't understand. So, so he, she, she wouldn't have to worry about him uh, ratting her out. I thought that's what the money was for. Oh, well, he could come back and ask for more money. Uh, okay. Yeah, 
Come on, you don't know how to blackmail people? I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not devious, I don't know. I'm it, more like the character of Helen uh, in season two. Oh, okay, like a, car- <laughs> I'm a, nice a caring doctor, nurse type, yeah. yes. Uh, so, uh, so they murder another pilot, by the way, in their struggle with the gun. Lex takes the controls and Helen bails out. And uh, I just wanted I just wrote in big capital letters Bye Helen <laughs> We never see <laughs> so, Helen again Never see Helen again Okay uh, Just further explanation Or more signs That she wasn't who she says she was uh, Along You know in season 2 Might have made this work for me But Yeah We also say bye to Rucker Hauer As he gets shot and falls off a dock So um, and out of the water comes Clark Because apparently when the truck exploded uh, It blew him into the water <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah Lex and Lionel make up They hug And uh, Lex finally accepts the job offer That's been hovering over his head all this time and, Yeah and you're like Oh Lex you uh, shouldn't do that But it's like he finally trusts his father Yeah Because he didn't kill him <laughs> or is this exactly what his dad wanted all along? Yeah. Like, you know, you never know with Lionel. I, I, I'm still like, you know, this is all like foggy to me. Some of this stuff I'm remembering, but uh-huh. yeah. Lionel could be playing the long con. Mm-hmm. Clark hangs the old Kent Farm sign back up and um, Lana drives up <laughs> uh, to the strings of, uh, to the opening strains of Dido's white flag. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, Clark, she's like, you don't need to, you don't need to protect me. I, I want to know you. And it's like, Clark, just tell her. This is the perfect time. Tell her. Do you not trust her? Like, I, 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 I the whole thing is like, you know, we're constantly supposed to buy, like Clark is protecting her by not telling her, but you know, she's in danger a lot. Anyway, she, Clark tells her that. I don't know, he was, like, disturbed by how she looked at him, and you don't want to know me. And Lana, Lana even, like, fights back and says, that's my decision. And Clark says, um, he's not the right guy for her, and this is not going to work. And uh, as Lana is, uh, <laughs> as Lana turns away and and, and leaves, uh, died, I wrote down, Dido and the rest of us say, I will go down with this ship. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's one of the needle drops from this episode. The other one is a great stereophonic song called "Maybe Tomorrow." That's uh, during when Clark is talking to Chloe in the torch. Oh, I mix miss that oh, thing. Oops. Yeah. So another thing, Lana admits to Chloe that she loves Clark, mm-hmm. and and Chloe's like, "Yeah, no, yeah. Tell me, tell me something else." I did. You know, <laughs> she, like I know. Yeah. Oh, the Chloe tells him to face his demons during that. Yeah. Oh gosh, we forgot a major Clex moment happens in this episode when Clark is packing up the moving truck and Lex rolls in. The look on Clark's face when he sees Lex alive. Oh yeah. I just wrote down in big capital letters swoon. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend's alive. Yay. Uh you mentioned it, I believe on Twitter. Uh uh, the great line where I think is Chloe says that Clark has more issues than Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, that was 
was great. And also that he wasn't the charming flannel king, <laughs> which I thought was a good line. Uh, oh, Lex uh, is wondering why he keeps cheating death. He's beginning mm. to feel like he can't be killed. Yeah. I think that's in the next episode, though. We'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Um, also, uh, Clark Clark can't run from his problems when it's in his blood. Uh-huh. And the blood finally gets into the wrong hands. Lionel gets a mason jar of Clark's blood <laughs> from uh, Morgan. And uh, Lionel hands it off to what I'll call unnamed scientist. Uh, uh, she's played by Francois Yip, who was in Rumble in the Bronx and also Arrow. And we actually just saw her in iZombie. Um, you remember the CDC doctor that um, was like uh, promiscuous and died? And, and Yeah. And then um, Clive comes in with another CDC doctor and says that she's kind of here to investigate the whole flu thing. She was that, – that's the same actress. Huh. She was like one scene. I don't expect you to remember. No, don't remember. <laughs> oh, and I love Lex in that – about the farm. Oh, yeah. Is that the next episode, too? Yeah. Is it? Skipping ahead. Sorry. I just just watched. I think I've got just got all my notes mixed up. (laughs) Um, The other thing I wanted to say is that I love the scene where Morgan is handing that jar to Lionel. And Lionel's like, great, great, uh, great receptacle or whatever. And like Morgan, like has to hint about three or four times that he knows where the source of the blood is, like who the source of the blood is. And you know, yeah, to, but like Lionel just like, watch this scene again. It's like, Lionel, why aren't you just asking him where you got that blood for like that? That's not in the same jar or in the same test tube. Finally, Morgan actually has to spell it out for him and say like, I know where to get more of this, you know, but he never actually yeah. says, Oh, when, oh, you're right. When- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, when Clark blows up the truck, mm-hmm. Lionel thinks that Morgan was trying to kill him. Yeah. So, yeah. I was right what? Yeah. Lex actually bought the farm in this episode. Yeah. and It's funny and it to say nice that same. That, I know. <laughs> oh, that's where that, that's where that uh, term, that phrase comes from. Yeah. But he used the compass, the compass that Jonathan gave him for his wedding gift. And all he asks is just to be considered part of their family. Oh. Will Jonathan and Lex finally be, uh, you know, drop the grudge? Will Jonathan finally drop the grudge? And yeah, we'll see. And, yeah, because Jonathan kind of holds Lex at an arm's length. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't trust you, but I don't want to be a jerk. <laughs> it's kind of weird, too, because, you know, he does buy the farm for them because of the uh, the compass and is almost like accepted into their family. And then the very next thing he does is, uh, you know, get in cahoots with his dad. So, I don't know. I think he's trying to play both sides. <laughs> mm. Shall we talk about extin- Extinction? Yes. Uh, October 15th, 2003. Written by uh, Darren Slavkin and Todd Swimmer. Directed by Michael J. Kettleman. Doesn't matter. The one where Vigilante starts murdering the meteor freaks or the crypto freaks. The one where they try to make us think that this dorky guy is the guest star when really it's Jesse Metcalf. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Jesse Metcalf 
John Tucker Must Die, Passions, Desperate Housewives, and The New Dallas. Passions! (laughs) That's it! Yes! Uh, Is that our next podcast? Oh my god. (laughs) That was the crazy... I never saw any of it. Oh my gosh. Like, soap operas. (laughs) You just have to be a soap opera person. Yeah. So... I love the whole line in here where Jake Pollan is so excited Lana is single again. We're seeing a couple of guys on the sidelines. You know, we haven't seen these guys before, but this guy is like, yes, Lana's single again. And Van is like, oh, how original. Did they post that on her official stalker website? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, of course, everybody loves Lana. Everybody. Everybody's in love with Lana. I mean, how could you not be? Uh, and then we go to this nighttime pool scene, and uh, it's like, I wrote down, Lana is alone, waiting for the next stalker to get her. <laughs> it's like nighttime <laughs> that, in the pool. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got to be something creepy. And that was such a great action scene mm-hmm. where he was trying to to drown her. Uh-huh. Why was he trying to kill her? Because he's a meteor freak that uh, was crazy for her. It's just like, this is like... This could have been like a freak of the week story on its on its own, but it's just like yeah. the opening salvo from this episode. And yeah, it was like the freak of the week story got interrupted by another freak of the week story. Well, and you know, we we refer to other freaks freaks of the week in this episode, like Greg Arkin and Tina Greer. Like these people all wanted Lana and pretty much would murder her if uh, <laughs> you know. And um, I don't know. It's just funny. Uh, I have a I have another thing here. Um, filming Van McNulty's first freak attack required Kristen Crook to spend longer than she would have preferred in the water. Extinction was about thirteen hours in the pool. She remembers it was pretty rough. I had fun for a while because I love swimming. It's one of my favorite things to do. But your eyes do get bloodshot after that length of time. <laughs> mm. So and by the way, uh, unlike the last time we saw Lana in a swimsuit at a pool, this is actually Lana. <laughs> this is actually Kristen Kirk playing <laughs> Lana. <laughs> yeah, I was really scared for her. Like yeah. it was really tense uh-huh. being pulled underwater like that. Oh. And she got to, uh, you know, do her self defense in the water. But you know, a band saved her, and and so, that guy had gills. Yeah, like in Go Fish. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> yeah, and of course he got him from Crater Lake, you know. Uh, um, so Van's dad was killed by Tina Greer. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you go back to our episode where we talk about, oh God, I have to say it again, Visage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do kind of make a little special emphasis on this guy getting killed and uh, and what his name is. It's His name is credited as McNulty in that. I think it's like General McNulty or Sergeant McNulty. But, uh, yeah. There's a bit of uh, consequence for what's happened in the past. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I like a lot of the... Connection. Yeah. Like a lot of the callbacks on here and the argument like um, between Lana and Clark and Chloe about... You know, do we just kill these guys? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to kill us. Is Clark a vigilante? Yeah. Is Clark a vigilante? Um, let's see. Yeah. But it's almost like Clark doesn't have a choice because of who he is. Right. But they don't know that. Exactly. They just see him as a guy that's always there at the right time. <laughs> uh. And, uh, and I love how, uh, 
Clark is like, listen, I don't kill anybody. And um, and then and then Lana was like, well, what about Tina Greer? He's getting impaled. Yeah. What happened there? I love that. And it's like not even answered. It's like, yeah, nobody actually wrote any sort of consequences for that. So can we move on to the next subject, Lana? Uh, but then I wrote, didn't you just impale a dude on a pitchfork? <laughs> <laughs> But I, I love in this argument that we're getting some discussion of what Lana knows, and it surprises me. Like, because there's, there's, there's some episodes where it's like played off like she doesn't know what media freaks are or what they're capable of. Like, and, you know, it's like kind of. She's surprised. Yeah. Something happens. So. Um, why did I put. Why did I write Lemon Pledge? Lemon Pledge. Hmm. Did you write it around this scene that we're talking about, or. Van's dad killed by Tanner Greer Vigilante Lemon Pledge. Van hacked Chloe's computer. Uh, I think I remember Pete saying something about Lemon Pledge. <laughs> I have no idea. And then th- there's this discussion that this is a hate crime. Yeah. That, that Van is like uh, prejudiced against freaks. Uh-huh. Like he's better than they are and that they need to die. And that he's the person that needs to take them out. Yeah, he's kind of like the punisher. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know if it's like if he's just saving like he saved he saved Lana's life in that opening scene. But from after that, he is just hunting them down after he mm-hmm. gets like Chloe's little wall of weird database. He's hunting them down. And that's that's where it kind of crosses the line. Also, he's leaving like little like uh, meteor rocks with the word freak carved into it. Mm-hmm. It's a little uh a little, little serial killer-ish. Uh, another callback here, and this is what you mentioned earlier. Um, Chloe talks about how she investigated Lex because uh, his white blood count is – white blood cell count is off the charts. And that's something we learned in the episode Craving. I was going to just quiz you, but I didn't think you'd remember. How did we know that? I don't remember He is that. getting a physical from his doctor, and they said that your white blood cell count is off the charts. Huh. I have here Lloyds of London won't insure Lex. He's never been sick. Also, he's been in so many near death experiences. Um, so, uh, or is he? He says um, he, Lex wonders if he's unbreakable because he's had so many near death experiences. And so, I have a I have a list here of all of Lex's near death experiences. Are you ready? <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> in the pilot, uh, he was almost murdered in the meteor shower in 1989. Uh, also in the pilot, uh, Lex was saved and res- resuscitated by Clark after the car accident uh, on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's, don't you die on me. You better stay with me. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the episode of Jitters, your favorite, uh, Clark saves Lex from falling to his death when, you know, off the scaffolding there. Yeah, remember uh, that. In Shimmer, Lex is bound and tormented by Jeff Palmer uh, for revenge for his sister's death. Uh, in Kinetic, Lex was threatened uh, by Wade to, uh, uh, I don't know, what was that episode? Kinetic? I think that was the one with the crypto tattooists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in Zero, of course, he's like held upside down in chains and tortured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicodemus, he's held by gunpoint by Pete Ross. Uh, in Tempest, he was uh, uh, he was in the, t- the whole tornado thing happened. Uh, in Heat, he's like about to get killed by Jonathan Kent, but uh, Clark's heat vision vaporizes the bullet, and then D- Desiree like 
throws, lights his back on fire. Um, uh, Rachel Dunleavy and Lineage uh, goes after him with an axe. Uh, Prodigal Lex Lucas puts a gun to his head uh, in <laughs> precipice. Um, uh, Hayden nearly uh, murders uh, Paul, Helen Bryce's ex-boyfriend. Hayden nearly murders Lex. Um, uh, in Exodus, of course, Lex survives the plane crash, and uh, and Helen uh, Helen tries to kill him in the uh, in the plane in the very last episode. <laughs> I can see where he's coming from. So, got a point. So Lloyd's alone, and are like, "Yo, <laughs> can you stop trying to get killed?" Uh, yeah. Oh gosh, when I realized that Van was making bullets out of kryptonite. Uh huh. I loved this <laughs> because it's just it's up in the ante. It's mm-hmm. you know, oh god, it was so good. And the, the I was whole, so worried. I was so scared for Clark. I know. And they set up the scene like he's in the woods, and we get yay more hail, hay bailing, uh, <laughs> and we get that. But it's also the tension of Van being in the woods taking aim, and he fires. Yes, yeah. and Clark has a white shirt on. Yep. Well, it's not a white shirt, but it's a white shirt with some print on it so you're like that gunshot you're gonna see it very well the blood <laughs> on that white shirt yep and, and clark is uh, clark doesn't know it it's like made of kryptonite so he just like he get, you see, he's, he's gonna bat it away yep with his and hand. it goes right through his hand and into his shoulder <sighs> he's like dad <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh i was so scared and jonathan has to dig it out martha it's in there so deep the panic. Oh, and yeah, because they're always worried about Clark, and mm-hmm. Clark's fine, but Clark is not going to be fine now. <laughs> and and then and then Jonathan says my least favorite line of dialogue ever on television. <laughs> What's that? Stay with me. You better not die. Whatever he says, <laughs> you better stay with me. I hate that. Oh, so what, what else are you going to yell? Tacos. But it's tacos. Tacos. Yeah, that would get my attention. Be like, all right, I'll I'll stay awake. Because <laughs> remember the tacos. It's my job, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's just such a drum uh, over dramatized. You don't hear doctors moment. screaming that all the time. No, doc, we don't do that. God damn no. it, stay with me, <laughs> breathe. No, because you can't hear us when <laughs> your heart's not beating. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I like that uh, we have uh, uh, action Lana again in this episode where, like, Clark shows up. Like, he takes Lana hostage and Clark shows up at the school and pulls, like, a fistful of dollars routine where he's got the whole, you know, the lead. What? Well, that's a Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's got it underneath oh, his shirt. Oh, he's got the lead. Yeah. Uh, uh, bustier. <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, Lana, like, takes him out by, like, kicking him into the trophy case. (laughs) Yeah, because what's so great is you're like, how – this is where Lana's going to find out. Because how is Clark going to be able to rescue her without her knowing? He's going to have to super speed. He's going to have to use heat vision. He's going to do something. He's going to have to do something. And he doesn't. (laughs) I guess he could have used heat vision because you can't see the heat vision. He could have heated up the gun and made made Van drop it. And that would have just been kind of like, that's weird. But you're not going to immediately go to, oh, the other guy's got heat vision, obviously. (laughs) Um, Also, Lex says here that uh, he talks about he talks about his own physiology and that it's worth a look or something. 
I forget. Huh? I just wrote a simple note and I don't understand what I was saying. My next note is Lana shows up in a pink shirt. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And says, you know, Clark, if you were bulletproof, this would all make sense. If you were infected with meteor rocks, it would it would be okay to me. And maybe you should open up to me. (laughs) And it's almost like Lana just knows, but wants him to say it, you know, but, you know, she doesn't. (laughs) But it's again, it's like pounding us over the head, like, just tell her. (laughs) But and then we go to Chloe trying to delete her wall of weird folder and Lionel reminds her that the computer belongs to him and that he better not catch her investigating his family again. Yes, it is okay for Lionel to have blood and investigating Clark, uh-huh. but nobody better investigate his family. My family. That's right. Uh, the confrontation between Lionel and Chloe where she resigns was originally scripted to appear in Phoenix rather than Extinction. We pulled the scene out of there and put it in Extinction and it worked better in that episode than it would have done in Phoenix. She and Clark have patched up. She goes from there to see Lionel. If I bring anything to this party, I have a good vision for that sort of thing, says Ken Horton, executive producer. One of the executive producers. Uh, most people wouldn't go, hey, let's move a scene from one show to another. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, she, this is, again, this is like, she tries to resign, but can't do it. She's, she can't. Can't She has no choice. She's She's locked in with Lionel. She's stuck. Best Needle Drop. I don't usually like Vertical Horizon, but it's a good song for Lana. Goodbye again. Lana shows up at the farm. That song plays. And that's all my notes, I think. Kind of rushed through Extinction, but it's a good episode. Like it was it. great. Yeah. These were great. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So, um, it uh, Van says magazine it is not a magazine. No, he says it's a clip. Mm-hmm. It's not a clip. It's a magazine. You're not a gun expert. You're looking up trivia, and you're not supposed to do that. No, I did not do that. I didn't look that up. Morgan told me what. <laughs> yeah, Morgan knows guns, clips. Now we're magazines. talking about your daughter. You don't have a close personal association with Morgan Edge. <laughs> No, not Morgan Edge, Morgan Smith. <laughs> she is a expert uh, gaming ah, gun. <laughs> right. Game player. Well, I think that's... Music? It. Oh, I already mentioned the Vertical Horizon. Uh, oh, what is up with the uh, end credits music? It's different. Oh, yes, it is. It's new for season What's three. What's up with that? Yeah, it's new. Why? So they, Is it Mark Snow? It's Mark Snow. Um. Oh. Uh, bu- 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 I don't. I didn't like that other music, but this music's good. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was a thing. Was like. Um, Clark tells Lex that Van is a quack for believing meteor rock alters people. He's like, that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about? Like, you guys, like, like how? Do, are we supposed to believe that Lex doesn't think Meteor Rock af- affects people? Like, all of a sudden? I I, I can't keep track of who knows well, what. Who knows what. And yeah. I'm not even sure if the writers do either. I, I mean, I, may, I assume they do. I have I have a lot of faith in them. But, you know, sometimes I just wonder what Lana and Lex know and what Chloe knows. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, like, put, a, like, a big bulletin board up and track everything. Anyway... Yeah, because Chloe should not be surprised by anything. Yeah. Yeah, she's got the wall of weird. She sees half yeah. these meter freaks. Uh, 
Um, episode of the week: Exile, Phoenix, or Extinction? Uh, oh God, I don't know. It's really hard. Uh, the fight between Jonathan and Clark. That's Phoenix. Was yeah, but. Oh. So tough to choose between the two of them, and it, and it doesn't mean extinction wasn't bad. It just wasn't as epic. It's like, oh well, yeah, it wasn't the f- because it's almost like the first two. It was like a two parter yeah. premiere. Yeah, so it's really hard to say, but yeah, I think I think Phoenix. All right, I'll just say Exile because you picked Phoenix. That way we can represent okay. both. We got it covered. <laughs> uh, all right, so next week. We're going to be talking about four more episodes. Uh, Hot dog. That's not one of the titles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first episode is hamburger. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Slumber. Ooh. Any? You want to take any guesses? Guesses? I, I don't know. Perry. Uh, huh? Oh, sorry. Were you going to guess? Uh, no, because whatever is going to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perry, uh, Relic, and Magnetic. So Slumber, Perry, Relic, and Magnetic. Magnetic. Perry? Perry. 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 P E R R Y? That's right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Perry. Mm-hmm. Perry. Mm-hmm. Who's the. The editor of the <laughs> Daily Planet. Daily Planet. Uh, Perry White. <laughs> so okay, C- could it be that Perry? I uh, let me read you my teases. Okay, here are my teases. Drew Z. Greenberg rips off a first season episode of Buffy in his first episode of Smallville. Hot dog! I can't. <laughs> <laughs> One episode only has the music of one band. Oh, oh! So one band is going to be cool. featured through the uh, entire episode. Uh-huh. And it's a good band, so don't worry. Um, it's trained. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I worked out today at the rec center with uh, with the talent mix. <laughs> oh, with the one I created, or or no, just. The, the actual Spotify. Oh, okay. But okay, cool. Awesome. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, look up uh, at a Robin Smallville playlist, and that's the one okay. that I'm keeping. Um, okay. You don't want any music spoilers. Gosh. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I saw Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I, I heard that. Yeah. Um, okay, my teases continue. A classic Superman character visits Smallville, and he's played by a familiar face. Uh, I'm repeating a tease from last week Because it actually uh, Is about one of these episodes Uh, Clark discovers more about his physiology Uh, The director of the Supergirl movie Directs his first of many Smallville episodes In the special 50th episode Advertisements promoted it as Smallville 1961 I have two more. (laughs) I have two more. (laughs) I have two more. Uh, Lana breaks bad and goes to jail. And (laughs) Chloe gets her contractually obligated once a season kiss. (laughs) With Clark? uh, Well, yeah. So, uh, 
Lana breaks bad. Lana breaks bad. Okay, she turns bad. Does she get red kryptonite <laughs> uh, put on her? Red kryptonite doesn't affect anybody. Um, okay. She finds it on a Nicodemus flower, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week uh, about those episodes. And uh, that's, that's it. Bye. Bye. Going to watch it now. Let's go. <laughs>